The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And our pregame coverage of the Jerry Jones pre-draft press conference continues here inside the SWBC podcast studio as we count down the days to the start of the NFL draft on Thursday. Now three days away, Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola. Everson Walls decided that he's going to let us handle the draft talk. (laughs) (laughs) And he'll be back to recap the draft next Monday at 11 a.m. But here we are. It's almost draft day. Finally, right? Been talking about this, it seems like, for three months. That's right. And I've gotten uh, my big green notebook. It's in the last month where I've been filling this thing up. Look at there. You know what? The way I look at it every year, it's like I'm back in college. I I spend the spring semester filling up back in the day. I guess they use Google Doc or whatever they use now on their laptops, these young college kids today. But I decide, okay, I'm going old school. About 12, 14 years ago, I decided to go old school with my uh, draft preps with the big green notebook. So I think what are. we should do today is turn the tables. I'll ask the questions. You answer them. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, I woke up this morning thinking, I could talk for days about this draft now. I mean, there all these prospects that I'm discovering. I mean, there's so much talk about the top of the draft and, uh, you know, uh, mainstream media and elsewhere where what's going to happen at the top of the draft. Once you really dig into it, it is really interesting to see the intriguing prospects that are later in the draft, whether it's where the Cowboys pick at 26 or in the second, third, fourth, even fifth round. I mean, it is, it's, that's why I love this. It's why I, uh, every spring, dig into it to to learn all these players that are coming into the league, but, uh, and trying to figure out, like all these teams are trying to figure out, which guys are going to make it because it's not all about their 40 time or even their college production. It's not all about that either. There's so much more that goes into it. And so I just love digging into it. Did you discover any draft eligible players actually still playing in the XFL? <laughs> there, there is at least one that one? I yeah. I, there may be more. I haven't did, did I see? One? I haven't moved to the XFL yet, <laughs> but I did see something about there's one who yeah. is draft eligible who's trying to increase his stock. Right, uh, I think I read spring. That and there's maybe more than one. I don't know. Right, you know, but I haven't got to that point yet. Which, by the way, I learned a very interesting little fact about the XFL. What's that? So you know they're all based here. That's right. right? Yeah, but they play in their Respective cities. Respective yep. cities. Yep. Both teams ride the same charter flight. <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable. The home team gets to sit in the front of the plane. The visitors sit in the back. And after the game, both teams are on the same plane going home. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I'm not sure. I haven't worked to confirm this or not. But yesterday we had a matchup of the Arlington Renegades yes. uh, coached by Bob Stoops against Wade Phillips' Houston Roughnecks. As it turned out, it was a meaningless game because Wade has won another division championship uh, as the head coach of the Roughnecks, and he, uh, his team will play Stoops' team, the Renegades, right. in the first round of the playoffs on Saturday night. But I, when they met earlier this season, the announcer said something. Oh, no, actually, in their post-game handshake, Stoops and uh, Phillips said to each other, see you back at the house. Yeah. Have they been living? Now, I don't know if roommates they're living throughout together, the spring? but they may have a complex where they put all these guys, right? They probably, I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe the coaches. I thought could, I thought I heard see that they were the like house. roommates. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder if they sit at the front of the plane together, you know, uh, which it, it, it's got to be a weird atmosphere after you play somebody. And then it's like, OK, let's go board. And by the way, I, I understand the hay is in the barn for any football game by the day before the game or the two days before the game. But Stoops. 
was in Norman, Oklahoma on Friday for and Saturday for their spring game and stuff. Anyway, yeah. so that was just an aside, but I thought that was interesting. And there's a Cowboys connection because Wade Phillips can put that on his resume as well. Absolutely. Now he's a couple of wins away from winning a championship in the XFL. Okay, so who are the Cowboys drafting? <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you been asked that question? Uh, several times, and uh, who knows who the Cowboys are drafting. That's a good you answer. You know, it is a, a – and the reason is, and in fact, I heard Charlie Weiss talking about it on my drive-in on uh, NFL radio, um, that he cannot remember a draft where it was so uncertain in the first round what teams are going to do. Compared to this one? Yeah. This one is th- th- this so is, This is the most uncertain draft he has ever heard of or seen uh, in the first round. Because, I mean, you think about it, at the top of the first round, it now appears – that the Alabama quarterback, Bryce Young, is going to Carolina. There's been so much talk about C.J. Stroud, his stock dropping and so forth, and is Houston now out on taking a quarterback? And will they take Will Richardson from Alabama? Or will they – and now the talk is Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Or do they trade out? And so you, we don't – Houston controls the draft right now, if you're going to believe that Bryce Young is going to Carolina. And so it all it, – and then it, it just trickles down – Depending on what Houston does, then we don't know what Arizona is going to do. On down the line, Indianapolis at four. Are they going to take a quarter? What's Seattle? They may take a quarter. If Stroud falls, whatever, you know? And, and so you really don't know from there. And then as it gets related to the Cowboys, what's going to happen with B. John Robinson? Right. And if some of these guys trickle down, I mean, there's been talk about Philadelphia might even be interested in B. John Robinson at number 10. But what if those deep, one of those uh, defensive players moves uh, down to number 10 and they want to take somebody, um, you know, like the Georgia, uh, like Carter, the D- Georgia defensive tackle, who is maybe the best player in the entire draft? So do you think from a uh, talent standpoint, standout great players – Coming out in this draft, that there's fewer than we're used to seeing. Uh, they, of the after you get past the quarterbacks, I mean, who's the greatest defense? I mean, and even with the quarterbacks, there's nothing right? on the quarterbacks. It says that who knows yeah. what's going, how Bryce Young's going to do at this size in this league. Uh, I, yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's a handful of guys that like you think back to the Tyron Smith draft where Tyron went 10th and J.J. Watt was – I mean, we're talking – we're 10 or 11 picks in the draft and you got Hall of Famers being right, drafted. Right, right. And I, I don't know that this draft has that. I mean, we'll see. But, I mean, there are certain drafts where you can – you know, there were, um, you know, 8 to 10 players that, okay, these are your top 10 picks in this draft. And who knows? I mean, there could be a guy who's who some think is going fifth who may wind up going – 15th or 18th, uh, and it has nothing to do with any off-the-field stuff. It's just how they've been evaluated by So, teams. thus the uncertainty exactly. in this That's draft. Right. Wide receiver. I mean, it's uh, at the top. I think there are some good wide receivers uh, from late first through the fourth round, fifth round even. Uh, I, I, I like a lot of the wide receivers in that third and fourth round range. But there's not the Calvin Johnson types. There's not, you know, who knows if Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to wind up being uh, like a C.D. Lamb in his career. Um, you know, he may be the top guy, but some have Jordan Addison from USC being the top guy. There's the TCU big wide receiver, Quentin Johnson. There's not very many big wide receivers in this draft either. And so if you want to get one of those who uh, like a Quentin Johnston, then maybe you have to take him in the first round because there's nothing later. Um, so at, from at, a size standpoint, because right. I saw one analysis going on, and, and it said that um, if you're torn between cornerbacks and wide receivers, you better take the cornerback in the first round because there's more wide receivers, second, third, more quality depth. There's good. There's quality. I think quality cornerbacks in the early rounds. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they so that that they were saying, you know, if you like that cornerback, you better grab him. And it's and it's the cornerbacks that uh, have the size that teams right. are looking for now. That right. Dan Quinn is looking for now. Exactly. Uh, you, you know. So don't don't sell the Cowboys short on that possibility. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Or so. any actually any because my answer has been 
universal when somebody asked me that. I said, you, you give me a position short of quarterback in the first round, and I'll give you a reason why the Cowboys should take that position. All right, let's run through it right now. Okay, short and and you can make the case for quarterback in on the third day. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Um, all right, running back. Here's a situation at running back. And by the way, what two people are looking at what the Cowboys do in this draft more so than Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard? <laughs> yeah, right. Both of them actually. No, yes. You know? Because Pollard knows he's on a one-year guaranteed deal. And nothing's promised for 2024. And, and right? how, how does that affect him going forward if the Cowboys pick a running back in the first round? Right. Is he still in the same role, mm-hmm. right, as the, the and, and his contract? Back. Yeah. Yeah. His, his pending absolutely. contract. Yeah. And ob- for obvious reasons, Zeke as well. So there you've got running back. Pollard's in his franchise, in his contract year. Zeke, obviously out. There's obviously an opening at the end right there. Wide receiver. Sure. Um, you know, now you, they picked up the fifth year option on CD Lamb. That right. was the news from the last few days, and that was as expected. Seventeen point nine million guaranteed for his fifth year. Uh, so they he, have him under contract through twenty four, and then they restructured Brandon Cook's contract, so he's got two years mm-hmm. remaining. And he is, th- uh, th- well, where is he? At his age, written down here somewhere, and I don't have it anymore. Well, it's but, th- or, I think it's 30. Yeah. Uh, and then they're banking on Michael Gallup coming back, uh, playing, I mean, not coming back, but playing to the level he played before he tore his ACL. And after that, well, it's question marks. You know, they're going to give Jalen Tolbert a chance, but uh, you know, another wide receiver. I I, I could There's qualify no doubt. that. No, no doubt. Yep. And, and as early as the first round. And yes. Yeah. Uh, obviously, tight end. Tight end. Okay. But the thing I think you need to remember about tight end is they don't need some fancy speed guy that goes downfield. They need a complete tight end, somebody that can block. Because in my books, that's where they fell short. I think Jake Ferguson has potential to be that complete tight end. But if if the guy can block, I would put that above his ability to go go uh, vertical. I agree with that. Okay, offensive line. It's a tackle that can play guard, but you're going to do that two years in a row. That's and, the question. And what the Cowboys have uh, right now, they have a tackle who can play guard in Tyler Smith, right. who they drafted in the first round But last let me year. stop you right there, because if you listen to Stephen Jones this past week, he was pretty adamant that Tyler Smith's our left tackle. It's, he is the left tackle. All right, so then you have Tyron Smith. While Terrence Steele comes back from his ACL injury, Tyron Smith is your starting right tackle. If, if right. Terrence isn't ready. Okay. Uh, I think. So those are your three top tackles. Right. Okay. And then? An opening at the end at left guard. So they're going to look at Josh Ball there. They're going to look at Farniak there. Uh, and then they can look in the draft. But, again, you don't need to draft in the first round a guard, right? You can get one in the second or third round somewhere in there. That might be good enough to walk in and start. By the way, what's Tyler Biotish's contract status? He's in going into the final year of his rookie deal. Final year of his contract. So if a guard can play center or a center can play guard. And Zach Martin is will be thirty three in November. Yeah, that's all right. He's got three years left. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but at the at the same point, we're not drafting just for this year. Right, we're drafting for the next five years. For if you're a first rounder, and the next four years uh, beyond the first round. See, and my my thought was if if Tyron Smith was judged, you know, good enough to play left tackle, then they could move Tyler Smith inside. But I think. Stephen Jones' point was he said the overwhelming f- uh, feeling is is Tyler Smith is a left tackle. Well, and the other part of that is Tyron has not been able to play a full season right. because of injuries here in recent years. I mean, it, it was in the – he's played 
11, 11 or 14 games over the last 50 games that he could have played. So, you know, he, they can say, okay, he's fine. You know, he's back in shape and whatever. Uh, but, again, how well did he play when he was starting? Now, if, if Terrence and everything I've heard is Terrence Steele, they feel like has a good chance of being ready to start the season. But I bet when they get to training camp, he's going to be a pup guy, right? They're not going to rush him in. Uh, and so you got to see there, and if if he's not ready, then Tyron's your right tackle. Um, and you would hope, I think he was okay at right tackle, but we talked about it last week, how the running game went downhill those last four regular season games when Terrence Steele wasn't in the lineup. All right, on defense, defensive line, how much of a need is there both at uh, interior and uh, on the outside? I would say interior. Um, I mean, they re-signed Jonathan Hankins, but it's a one-year deal at the veteran uh, exception. So it's not like they're financially obligated to him. I think you've got Osa Odigizua. He's got two years left. And after that, you know, Quentin Bohanna was just kind of a guy, and Neville Gallimore is entering his last year under contract. But I think you can also make a case uh, at defensive end as well because uh, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, he's over 30 now. Right. Okay. And Dorrance Armstrong's going into his contract year. Correct. Second year of a two-year deal for him. Now Sam Williams is is going into his second year, and they expect Sam Williams to make the progress from year one to year two to get more snaps, I would imagine, this year. Dante Fowler is on a one-year $3 million deal. Exactly. And, and, uh, in fact, uh, there's not much guaranteed money there either. And, by the way, they move uh, Chauncey Golston from N to tackle. So there's another spot that's kind of empty on the edge. at defensive end. Yeah. So an edge rusher. And Tack McKinley's another one. They really signed late right. in the year, and they've uh, signed on a one, another one-year one deal. Year deal. That's right. There is definitely an opening at the end uh, everywhere on the defensive line. All right, linebacker. Uh, obviously, they re-signed Leighton Vanderesh. I don't even count Micah because Micah is both a linebacker and an edge rusher. Yeah. So he, who he's knows? in both categories there. Right. Anthony Barr is out there in free agency, and uh, Luke Gifford uh, signed with Tennessee. So you got Damone Clark and what? So linebacker, I think everybody's kind of ignored that position, but if there's a standout guy at 26 and he's better than these other positions, why not? And especially a guy who can be on the field in the nickel package, too. Yes, because who knows about Jabril Cox, right? They, we, we just don't have any idea at this point. All right. A big move in the offseason is, is getting Stephon Gilmore at the cornerback spot opposite Trayvon Diggs. But the inventory at cornerback and where the, the contract status of those players. So you've got uh, Diggs. Contract year. Contract year. They obviously, Stephen pointed out that they want to re-sign him, uh, and if they can't, they could franchise him if they need to, to to hold his his deal. Gilmore is on a one-year deal, and he's 33 years old, by the way. Uh, and then Jordan Lewis coming back off his uh, Liz Frank uh, surgery. Uh, I think he's contract year. Contract year, uh, and then. Uh, Duran Bland, they they can sink their teeth into him. Who knows what happens with Kelvin Joseph? Right and, now, he's a special teamer. Right, and Deshaun Wright is not to be trusted yet. Okay. Looks strong at safety. Yes. However, you've got two of the primary players in their contract year in exactly. J. Ron Curse and Malik Hooker. Yeah, absolutely. So and so the draft when you have when you have. Salary cap, I'm not going to say problems, but you've got to manage it. The, the way to manage it is to draft well and have young guys moving up into those positions so you don't have to pay a guy a second or, by the way, third contract, which is going to cost you some money. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, at some point, I don't know that it's the first round, 
Uh, they haven't had a history of taking safeties in the first round. The last one would have been, what, Roy Williams? Right. Of note. So, um, yeah. But you've got five DBs that are in their contract year. Yes. Five basically starting DV- DBs. Uh, and Diggs, Gilmore, Lewis as the nickel uh, at a slot corner. And then uh, Curse and Hooker. I look at all three of the safeties as being starters. And I think the other thing you have to consider – is the the position priority. When they look at the draft, they stack the positions like, okay, this is valuable, this is next valuable, like that. They have never put a high priority on a defensive tackle in the first round, Russell Maryland, right? Uh, and then I think it was Danny Noonan. The, uh, the high priorities, you, you look at it, it goes from outside to in. Right. Uh, outside players are higher priority than inside players. Except, except in the secondary, cornerback over safety, right? They're way well, outside. Yeah. Well, that, no, I look at yeah, you width meant, of the in, field. In the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and so corners are more valuable than seven. safety. Yeah. 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 So defensive ends, um, you know, deep, for, uh, cornerbacks, um, then linebacker. Then defensive tackle, then safety. That's kind of the way they their history of it. Same thing on offense, right? Um, you know, everybody wants to talk about the running back positions devalued. Well, if you get a good one, and especially at twenty six, and, and, and you can sink your teeth into this guy for four years at a very inexpensive price. Now, right? You're not paying. Uh, I think I saw where the the, the twenty six pick will average three point seven million a year. So what? Right? It's almost like a second round pick. Uh, if it's a running back and it's the best one, absolutely right. And then you know we're gonna just push quarter, quarterback to the side, then wide receiver. And then it would be probably a left tackle. When I started reading the stuff about tackles, I saw a lot of them were, yeah, they're starting right tackles. Well, if I'm taking a tackle in the first round, and I already got one in the first round at left tackle, I'm not drafting a right tackle. <laughs> Sometimes you got to just develop guys and fit them in, right? All and right. that's I guarantee you that's the way they they they, they assess it. it. Yep. All right, we're just getting started on uh, mixed shots. We're going to go to about 11:45, 11:50 and then it is the pre-draft press conference and we're back in a moment. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. We paid how much for those lessons? Shh, she's doing great. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, Can you pass me a Pepsi Zero Sugar? (sighs) Great job, honey! Oh, Oh, look at that. That's not the end. No way. Now it's time for the encore. You know what? You're right. Five times? Not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like. (sighs) Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. You hear that? I'm a torrential downpour. Torrential? What's that even mean? It means you can't see out of your windshield. And if you have the wrong car insurance, you might have to make it rain to fix your bumper. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite in 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back, back to mixed shots. K-Post roofing and waterproofing. You don't want to have to check your roof when there's a problem. You call K-Post roofing and they will come through and check your roof before you have a disaster. And that's kpostcompany.com. And I wonder what the phone number is. The phone number is 214-225-4860. I, I know that. Have your roof checked by choice, Mick. Not, not by, by chance. chance. <laughs> that was a great read. Yeah, absolutely. Done all by memory, as if you couldn't tell As it. if we have a memory, right? <laughs> We only read it every day of the week during. The it was season, the slowest right? read ever. Yeah, but it got it's, it. It got at, out there though. That was That's at, right. That was at Everson's pace. <laughs> uh, oh, the second one we wouldn't be able to do it. By what's memory. the second one? Reliant Home Run Derby. Oh yeah, we can do it by memory. That uh, Michael Parsons had somebody go to the sporting goods store and, and got him, him a bat, bat. <laughs> and he won it one year, or at least was put on the best show. Yeah, like Vander Esch may have won it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, uh, we're talking draft, and um, Jerry Jones has his uh, pre-draft press conference coming up at the top of the hour at noon. I assume Stephen will be there too. I don't know. I, don't I think know it's how a four-man. I think it's a four-man. Will show. McClay will be there too, and, and Mike, Mike McCarthy. McCarthy. That's All right. So that's when we find out who the Cowboys will pick on Thursday. Yeah, they'll just come right out and tell us. Uh huh. All right. All right. So and my question is for just letting you all know. Oh, and add a chair. There's a fifth chair? No, because if you look at the uh, feed, uh-huh. there's only three chairs right now, so they need to add a chair. Oh, oh there's good. only three chairs there. Well, so. maybe Mike McCarthy said, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure Will McClay well, would Well, he's, got, he's he working was, on calling plays. He that's can't, right. He can't do he's the pre-draft. in that offense. That's right. Right? <laughs> so we'll it, see who's all up there. Okay. So there are three chairs behind the scenes. All right. To be determined. So let's open up that big green notebook. Okay. What what would you like At to know? At 26. At 26. Give me three possibilities. Three possibilities at 26. Yeah. How about... Uh, Realistically, they would be there, and you wouldn't mind drafting them. Okay. Uh, I've only got one possibility. Okay. <laughs> it's not who they're going to draft. Um I mean, if Bijan was there, think, they would take him. I think so. Okay. Yes, I think so. Chances of that happening? I don't think so. Very slight. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, let's do it uh, by position. How's so that? would you, and they've only done it like, what, a couple times in their history, taking a tight end in the first round? There's one tight end that I, I like that I would take in the first round, but I don't think they're thinking this way. Darnell Washington. And that's Darnell Washington from Georgia. I, but I, ideally, see, you don't, the trick on it is you don't know how other teams evaluate these players. Right. And the, if, if you look at all the mock drafts out there, all the so called draft experts, they've got him ranked as a 38th, 40th best player, which would mean, no, you don't take him in the first round. But we don't know that. You know, that's what the, as uh, Parcells would put it, that uh, cottage industry, <laughs> uh, the draft uh, so-called experts are saying. Um, this guy's talent, I think, and his um, his potential is, is tremendous, I, th- I think, for the NFL and, by the way, 
for this team in his rookie season the way he can block. So it's almost, to me, at 26, worth taking a chance on the upside. Um, You've got Jake Ferguson, I think, who can be relied on to be – Well, let's let's look at it this way. All right, this is a great year for tight ends, and there are at least three tight ends. There are two tight ends that are talked about by many being first round picks, and I I will put Darnell Washington in that mix too. But Michael Mayer from Notre Dame and Dalton Kincaid from Utah are two tight ends that have been talked about as late first round. Uh, selections and all three of these guys might still be on the board for the Cowboys if they were interested in taking a tight end in the first round. So, to your point, what the, I think the Cowboys did a great job last year in acquiring in the fourth round Jake Ferguson and as a college free agent Peyton Hendershot. Okay, right. So now you're looking. You've you've lost Dalton Schultz. Now you're looking for a tight end to take that other spot who I think can basically be a starter in your 12 personnel and might be your starter in 11 personnel, too, depending on how quickly a rookie develops. But I I like where Jake Ferguson is coming off. I think he had a really good rookie season, and there's no reason to think he's going to take a step back. I think he's going to keep growing from there. So I'm looking for a tight end to pair with those other two. And then you throw in Sean McEwen in the mix, too, as the fourth tight end. So in this analysis of him, Dane Brugler, by the way. He is a one-on-one talent with fascinating pro potential because of his rare length, play strength, and body flexibility at his size, which is 6'5", 264. He's a 6'6", and 5'8", inches tall. 6'6", and 5'8", 264, and he was 272 at his pro day. And if you believe the pro day size, he's 6'7". Six, 6'7 seven, six, seven and, and a half. <laughs> so I don't know so if I he, guess he, had he grew shoes a on. little bit, right? He, he had his boots on. His yeah. cleats on. <laughs> but it, it just seems like if this guy can block the way we, we've seen, right? All right, let's just compare. Okay, Dalton Kincaid, Utah wide receiver. We don't have any measurables on him because of an injury. Uh, and, and so we don't have his 40 time. We don't have any of that. But we do know he is a really good receiving tight end. And I think he is terrific after the catch, too. His run after catch. Um, so I, I don't have any questions about him as a receiving tight end. And it, it, he's fine as a blocker, but but even going into to the the um, last season for Utah, their number one tight end got hurt the third game of the season. And Kincaid was the second tight end at Utah, and then he took advantage of that and had seventy catches for eight hundred ninety yards and eight touchdowns. There's no knock on him, but that's just sort of what he is as a receiver. Michael Mayer is a complete tight end, quote unquote. Right. Okay. He's 21 years old. He's at only three years at Notre Dame, a starter for two and a half of those years. Uh, even his freshman year, he was uh, he started four games, played in 12 at 42 catches, had 71 catches his second year, 67 catches and nine touchdowns his third year. The difference between Mayer and Darnell Washington it, you talk about blocking. It, it, well, and Mayer is probably a, a fine as a blocker. Right. And, and people have talked about him being really good as, as the quote-unquote best blocking tight end. But I don't know if they're considering what Darnell Washington is a, as a blocker. And, and you know what? And, and the Kincaid guy, he's 246. Right. So he's a move tight end. Right. And, well, and, and Mayer weighed in at 249. He looks bigger than that. Now, what about this guy? This one caught my eye. Luke Musgrave. Okay, let me let me first, after before you get to Musgrave, here's uh, Mayer, 31 and a half inch arms. Washington, 34 and a half inch arms. He's got an 83 and a half, uh, nearly 84 inch wingspan, Washington does. Uh, the measurables, uh, Mayer ran a 4740 with a 32 and a half vertical, a 910 broad jump, 444 shuttle, and a 726 uh, three cone. Just to give it comparison, Hendershot had a 691 
uh, three cone. And keep in mind, Mayer is seven twenty six, and he had a uh, Hendershot was four twenty five on his shuttle, while Ferguson was a seven oh three cone drill. So, I mean, Ferguson ran a four eight though. Right. Yeah. So, um, Darnell Washington had a four oh eight shuttle time. The five ten five shuttle. I mean, that at that kind of size. I, I mean, now here there's some be, athleticism. Here though. might be the difference maker, and none of these things usually have that in there. When they asked on Friday, uh, Dak Prescott about what he likes in a tight end, he said first and foremost. He has to be smart. He almost has to be smart as a quarterback uh, to be productive in our offense at tight end. Funny you mentioned that. As on my drive in, I was thinking about the tight ends, and it seems like across the board, all these tight ends seem to be really sharp. Yeah, and that's what you <laughs> and, need. And, 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 and so it goes back to college where guys become tight ends, and they ha- in order to be a, a success – even at college in, as a tight end. And, and it's interesting also to see how the tight end has come back into the college game. There was a time eight to ten years ago that you couldn't find any tight ends because they were all either moving to the defensive side of the ball or they, they become were wide receivers, ends, whatever. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, so they've used, they're using the tight end more in the college game. To that end, listen to Luke Musgrave talk. And you think you're you're listening to Daryl Johnston? I mean, you talk about a sharp mind, uh, Musgrave, who is the nephew of Bill Musgrave, who was a Cowboys fourth round draft pick 30 years ago, and has been a long time uh, offensive coordinator both in the NFL and in college. Uh, he's an intriguing prospect. He only played two games, had a knee injury his last year at Oregon State. But here's another guy with some length at 6'5 and 7 eighths inches tall and 251 pounds, ran a 4'6. And he is athletic with a 36 vertical and a 10'5 broad jump. I like this fact about him. Um, he started skiing at age five. Right. So he's an athlete. Accomplished skier. Right? Yeah. 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 Well, it helps when your mother – uh, was on the U.S. developmental ski team in 1980s, right? So, but anyway, but then there are, there are other tight ends like Tucker Craft from South Dakota State, uh, which produced Dallas Goddard. Uh, here's another. Uh, he's six five, 254 pounds. Uh, had six, he had 65 catches in 15 games played for South Dakota State. His junior year there was an All-American. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of tight ends that are uh, intriguing. But I, I like Darnell Washington the best out of him, and a lot of it is because of his upside. And so if he develops in a year or so, and he's that all-purpose tight end, but he can come in and be a blocker in your two tight end sets – uh, and, and you've got Hendershot to stretch the field. Uh, I think it's, uh, as a threesome, that's pretty strong. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't need another guy that's just going to catch a bunch of passes, right? But there's not – and with Mayer, there doesn't appear to be a lot of run-after-catch ability there. Right. As there would be with like a Dalton Kincaid and Darnell Washington for that matter. And let me point this out about – uh, when people say the Cowboys lost Dalton Schultz, uh, Schultz in free agency, either they choo- chose to lose him or he chose to not take a pay cut here with the Cowboys because he didn't get paid what he thought he was worth going to the Texans. And I think he might have uh, over stated his value to the Cowboys, and they were like, no, nah, that's too much. Probably fell victim to this strong draft class as well. And Mike Kosicki, the same thing happened to him. Right. Uh, when, you, when you look at the lay of the land this offseason. Because when I see a guy leave and all he signs is a one-year deal, you didn't lose him. You know, you chose either not to pay him what he was asking for or he chose to go somewhere else. Yep. Um other positions that um, you know, wide receiver. We we mentioned it. Wide receivers. I like Zay Flowers a lot from Boston College. I, of course, I love Jackson Smith and Jig, but I don't think he's yeah, going to be. That's not going to happen. He's not. What gonna, about the guy from TCU? Quentin Johnston. He. I, I like him. Um, he and just I to, like the size. Yeah. 
He's a nearly 6'3", 208 pounds with a 40-and-a-half vertical and 11-2 broad jump. 60 catches his last year at TCU for over 1,000 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, and at his size, he is um, – He's a guy that stretches the field too. And he was he was Mike Evans for uh, Max Duggan. Uh, he was like Mike. He was Mike Evans for Max Duggan, like Mike Evans was for Johnny Manziel at Texas A and M. All right, we're back with more in a moment. We paid how much for those lessons? Shh, she's doing great. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, can you pass me a Pepsi Zero Sugar? <sighs> great job, honey. Oh. Oh, look at that. That's not the end. No way. Now it's time for the encore. You know what? You're right. Five times? Not enough times. For everyone who traded in rock concerts for their kids' recitals, you've compromised enough. Pepsi Zero Sugar. That's what I like. (sighs) Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. You hear that? I'm a torrential downpour. Torrential? What's that even mean? It means you can't see out of your windshield. And if you have the wrong car insurance, you might have to make it rain to fix your bumper. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To mixed shots. The 10th annual Reliant Home Run Derby is back at Riders Field in Frisco on May 3rd at 6 p.m. That's next week, isn't it? Come see your favorite Dallas Cowboy players swing for the fences to raise money for the Salvation Army. Admission and parking are free. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash ReliantHRD to learn more. And see you there because I will be there. All right. That is more than enough reason uh, to uh, be there. All right. We've got uh, a few more minutes here. Uh, I mentioned Zay Flowers as a potential first-rounder. I really like him out of Boston College. You don't like this part about him. 5'9", 180 pounds. Mickey Mickey doesn't like short players. (laughs) Because he's he's probably an an outside guy. I mean, a slot guy. guy. But doesn't Brandon Cooks can do both, right? He can play outside, inside, though it's not all about this year as we. How many brothers and sisters uh, does Michael Irvin have? I think it was like 16 or 17. Okay, Zay Flowers has 13, so that's one of the reasons I like him. Michael turned out pretty well as a first-round pick. Because you got to be good to feed the rest Uh, of your family. Uh, There are several mid-round wide receivers I like, including uh, Jaden Reed from Michigan State. Uh, who would be like a uh, at number ninety third rounder? You got Marvin Mims from Oklahoma, yes. who is he would be more in the range of the second round pick at fifty eight, probably, and he could fall to the end of the third round. And after that, there's a guy from Stanford, Michael Wilson, 
who is— I saw him. That inter- interested me. Michael Wilson? Yes. yes. Uh, he, was the, he was the best receiver at the Senior Bowl. He had injury issues at Stanford, but you talk about a guy, he's got not only his undergraduate degree at Stanford, also his master's in communications. He, he reminds me, you know who he reminds me of? Miles Austin. He, uh, in fact, I did a comparison. Him and Miles, my, when he came out, 6'2", 215 pounds. Michael Wilson is 6'2", 213 pounds. Miles ran a 4'5", Michael Wilson ran a 4'5". Miles had 21 bench reps. Michael Wilson, 23 bench reps. Miles had a 40-inch vertical. This guy had a 38-inch vertical. Uh, broad jump, 10'3 for Austin, 10'5 for Wilson. It's almost identical across the board. Uh, I, I really like this Michael Wilson. Again, the only knock on him uh, was the injuries that he suffered in college. He played six games his last year at Stanford. Uh, and anyway, he is, he is the right kind of guy that you're looking for to add to your football team, and he has a lot of athleticism. So if you take a wide receiver, you have to judge that guy being better than Jalen Tolbert and Simi Fihoko. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with a running back. Mid-rounds, they better be better than Malik Davis or Rico Dotto. But Michael Wilson is a guy, if he's there in the fourth round, Mm -hmm. I'm really considering him. And due to his injuries, he may still be there in the fifth round. So when Cedric Wilson gets cut by the Dolphins, would you be interested in bringing him back? Uh, what's the salary? Uh, if they cut him, it is no salary. I tried. And right? so you're talking about basically yeah. the veteran minimum. Yeah. He's got to re... Because they... You know, basically signed him to a big deal, and now they're sitting there and, and brought in all these wide receivers, and he ended up being fourth uh, on, on a big contract. Okay, I got to talk a defensive th- player. Yes, oh, yes, yes Chris Bean. The one thing I don't like about Wilson, he has more drops in his college career than he does touchdown passes. Well, and you didn't like that about uh, the Green Bay guy from North Dakota State last year, too. What about the offensive right. guard from North Dakota State with yeah. all the like hair Cody and Bach. Got Cody more Mark. hair than yep. teeth. Yep. How many how many uh, touchdown catches did that North Dakota State receiver have against the Cowboys? Oh, in he, I think that was uh, the one that had all the drops in college. Career, a career yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. All right. Defense. Here, go ahead. Here's my guy in the second round. Don't get me started on this guy. Which guy? Wilson. Oh, Zach Harrison, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Pass rusher. On the edge. He was the number one recruit in the nation coming out of high school. And Ohio State fans say, oh, he didn't live up to his expectations. Was that the guy I saw on the Blitz last night? Yes, yes. I love him. Mm-hmm. He is, get this, he is 6'5 and a half, 269 pounds, 36 and a quarter inch arms, and an 85 and a half inch wingspan with 10 inch hands. He is only 21 years old, turns 22 in August. For the Now, the knock on him is he didn't have the sack production, uh, but in four years at Ohio State, had 13 sacks. He had five forced fumbles and 11 passes defensed. Okay? Let me compare him with Tyree Wilson, who might be the second pick in the draft of the Houston Texans at 6'5 and a half, 271 pounds. His arms are just a slightly shorter, 35 and 5 eighths, 84 and a half inch wingspan. Very similar. He started his career at Texas A&M, couldn't get on the field there, transfers to Texas Tech, and uh, has now become the talk of the draft that he's going to and he had seven sacks for texas tech last year but when i look at these two players and andy's coming off foot surgery where he had a screw inserted in his foot which has not hurt his draft stock at all apparently but i look at these two players and i can't tell the difference and zach harrison's being talked about as a third round pick and tyree wilson is being talked about as the second or third pick in the draft you got it's a crazy. Qu- quarterback you like. Uh, and by the way, Zach the Harrison Zach Harrison also, when he was in high school, he ran a four four seven forty. Now that was when he was a six five, two hundred and thirty-five pound wide receiver. And he ran a ten seven hundred meters and a twenty one five two hundred meters. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Do you have And he's strong as an ox. Do you have Caleb Murphy on your list? Caleb Murphy. He was what? the winner of the uh, 
uh, of the uh, Cliff Harris Small College Award Defensive Player of the Year from Ferris State. Ferris State. I and think in two years he had 30-some sacks. Okay, I still have work to do before yes. draft day. Check out Caleb Murphy. <laughs> Actually, he's listed in, in this thing as a sixth or seventh round pick. I don't have all year to fill up my notebook. I, I got like a month. Well, but he was I've been Cliff Harris's guy. I've been cramming for this test, and, I haven't, and now I'm not acing the test because you gave me Cliff Harris, the Cliff Harris Award winner. Did you meet him? Yes, I did. And a matter of fact... He had 41 sacks in his college career, 25 last year. 25 sacks last year, right? And First round? Uh, no, he's not a first round pick. <laughs> he's projected Small six college, yeah. But he, he got a tour of the place. Uh-huh. Uh, and he runs into Dan Quinn. Oh, okay. You know what Dan Quinn tells him? Yeah. We just got done talking about you. Really? And then later on his tour, he runs into Stephen Jones. Yeah. I said, this guy just had the tour of his life. But better than that, Cliff Harris yeah. had never taken a tour of the star. Really? So we're walking. I, I caught up with them. They were walking down towards the uh, from the Cowboys locker room. He had no idea they had that Pro Bowl wall with his name as the top free safety uh, or his top safety in, uh-huh. in, in Cowboy history because he had the most Pro Bowls. Wow. He goes, oh, look at there's my name. <laughs> he had never been through the place. Wow, wow. Anyway, little side So note Caleb there. Murphy, who uh, a 6'3", 263-pounder, transferred from Grand Valley State to Ferris State. Division two, by the way. Okay. Uh, I'll take Zach Harrison in the second okay. round. Okay, all right. I didn't mean for him in the second <laughs> round. I also, I, uh, Drew Sanders, linebacker from Arkansas. Yes. He, he could be in the mix first yes. round. I like Trenton Simpson from uh, Clemson as well. You got a cornerback? There are there are cornerbacks that um, – that, uh, but I don't, I don't think the top ones are going to be on the board for the Cowboys at twenty six. So they'll Keontae be Banks at the mercy of somebody falling into their lap. Otherwise, they're taking what they determine. It's not a player with a first round grade, but like a first A player that you probably a second round grade that you wouldn't mind taking in the first round at 26. I got uh, a safety this morning that I finally was able to take a look at from Boise State that I really like, J.L. Skinner. Okay. Third round. He's yeah, a he big kid. A, yeah. Got you a hitter. Got you down. Yeah. J.R. J.L. Skinner. Yeah. Now, he didn't test. He had a torn pec in training for the combine, so he had pec, pectoral surgery. So, But he'll be ready for training camp. All right, we should be ready for the draft press conference when they're going to tell us That's just right. who they're going to draft. And it will be, it, you know, it will begin precisely at high noon, <laughs> too, right here. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right, and uh, wow. Oh. We well, we'll convene in the meantime. Yes. We'll, we'll get a chance on throughout the draft weekend, but next Monday morning at 11 a.m., we will wrap it all up and tell you who all those college free agents are the Cowboys signed. <laughs> See you next week on Mix Shots. Go Cowboys. <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!